0: is Adam welcome back to Bringing It Backwards a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode we had a chance to hang out with Paige of Xylo over Zoom video. Paige was born and raised in Los Angeles and she talks about how she got into music. Comes from a very very musical household. Her grandfather was a professional jazz drummer. Her uncles were songwriters. They played in Toto, also wrote songs for Michael Jackson. So it comes from a very musical household. Her brother also is a musician. And her brother is actually the reason that Xylo really started. He asked her to sing on some songs. He was working on some production. She was 18. He's 10 years older. He said, Paige, I, I want to use your voice on some ads or some, some production I'm working on. They sent the song to Sun. It landed in a commercial. People loved it. They're wondering, like, who wrote this song? Where'd this come from? They did it again with the song America. It goes viral. goes viral on their YouTube channel. And this time around, they're like, okay, we really have something here. Not only do we have to go finish America, because it was only 30 seconds with one verse and chorus, but we should really form a band and play shows and put out music. So that's how Xylo was born. Paige talks about the early success of the band getting signed to a major label, and how that kind of affected the music that they were putting out, what it was like when her brother eventually left the band in 2017, and she carried on with Xylo. With she told us about all the successes that she's had since being an independent artist. Releasing her records, Pretty Sad, Yes and No, and the two albums she released, one right before COVID hit, Ganglands of My Heart, and then one during COVID, Outsiders Club. She talks about where she was when the pandemic hit, giving herself about a year to kind of gather her thoughts and really sink into what she wanted to say. On her debut album, which is coming out called Un-American Beauty, she rented a cabin in Lake Arrowhead and wrote the title track to the record, and that's what set the tone for the entire album. So she talks to us all about that as well. You can watch our interview with Paige on our Facebook page and YouTube channel, at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Bringing Back Pod. And if you are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Xylo.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Uh, my name is Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music. And of course, we'll talk about your new album coming out.
1: Awesome. I'm excited.
0: Rad. Well, Paige, uh, tell me about where you were born and raised.
1: Um, I was born in, uh, the Valley of like North Hollywood. Okay. And I grew up in the suburbs about 30 minutes from Los Angeles in a town called Westlake village. Okay. Um, yeah, not too far from LA, but still like, sorry, um, quiet enough to be out of kind of the chaos of LA.
0: Sure. Sure. I'm from San Diego, so I know, I know LA, but obviously not that well but uh, that's cool so uh, you grew up in southern california amazing yeah and i did see you come from a, quite a musical household uh what was that like
1: um it was amazing yeah i i feel like i grew up going to gigs constantly um i always tell people that like i would just fall asleep in like a club when I, with my parents when i was like really young and i missed <laughs> so much school because of it because i would be out so late as like a young kid mm-hmm. um just going to like, my grandpa was a drummer. um, My brother was a drummer and like loads of other people in my family. So I was always at some gig. Um, And yeah, it it was really fun, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really get into doing it myself until later on, because I think I was so intimidated by everybody else's success that I just like kind of avoided it a bit.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, your uncles were in a early famous band. I don't know your your parents in music as well?
1: No, my parents aren't in music.
0: Okay, just your uh your well obviously your grandfather and your your uncles and your brother and I, from I an interview I saw with you from a while back, um you your cuz your brother used to play with you in your band and he's yeah. what 10 years older than you? Yeah. That's interesting cuz my sister's 11 years younger than I am. So I'm interested to kind of oh. hear how that dynamic was growing up because like She doesn't even remember me living at the house at all.
1: Exactly. That's exactly kind of what it was like. I feel like we lived together probably for like a couple years. And then, and then him and my sister, my sister's 12 years older than me. So there's like a huge gap um, between all of us, same parents, but just decided to have a kid 10 years later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's how my parents were.
1: (laughs) Happy mistake. Um,
0: As my parents say, I was the accident. So.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, I my my sister was the plan
1: yeah um oh you were the accident i was
0: the accident and, and oh. then my sister was the planned one because uh <laughs> they were more established at that point exactly. they're like
1: <laughs> yeah i feel like they know what they're doing uh more later down the line i feel like i i had way less rules though than my siblings did my parents okay. they did not care what i did at that point they're like we're over it. We're over parents. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, we didn't know each other that well probably until we started making music together. Um, and but then we became really really close during that process. But as mm-hmm. you can imagine, like a uh, brother sister ten years apart, there's not you're not hanging out too much when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know our lives are different, we're into different things and. I was a little girl. So it wasn't until I probably turned 18 when I really started like hanging out with him, making music. And then, you know, sort of like my friends would hang out with his friends and stuff like that. And and our families, like a lot of our cousins and stuff, uh, were all in similar age. um, Mm -hmm. So we would all hang out together. But okay.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Wow. So when did you, I mean, you said you weren't really, you're kind of intimidated by doing the music thing just because it was so, you know, apparent that everyone else in your family was doing really well with it. And when do you decide, like, when do you start playing music? Did you even like play piano or anything growing up?
1: Yeah, I did. I I sort of like, well, first it was singing. Like I I really liked to sing, but it was kind of secretive. And I never really wanted to like, you know, sing in front of anyone or or be like, mom, I want to go be in the choir or something like that. It was just sort of like a hobby. Um, But I knew I could sing probably from when I was like, 7 or 8 um and then as i started getting more and more into it and like showing more of an interest um and in doing music i think i i self taught myself a couple songs on the piano but my dad was like i'm not paying for lessons unless you actually like start doing something yourself you know oh, okay um cuz he didn't want me to just like be like can i have lessons and then and then quit like a month later <laughs> right. um, so then i I got into that a little bit and then it wasn't until um, my brother really sort of, I don't know, took me under his wing and asked me to write some songs with him and record some songs that he already had because he was a producer Mm -hmm. and was working on stuff for like, you know, sync music and stuff like that, where he just needed like a vocalist. And so that's when I really started to like learn the recording process. And recording my vocals and stuff like that. And then kind of getting a taste of even songwriting. And that wasn't until I was 18. Um, Okay. And then I really like it it all moved so quickly between me and my brother with with the music. Like we did one song and then it was in a a advert for PacSun and then it did on their YouTube channel. And everyone was like, oh, is this a band? Is this an artist? Um, like, whose song is this? And so we kind of just decided to start like a project together from that.
0: Oh, really? Was that the song America? Was that the one that did that?
1: Well, it the America was the second one. The first, oh. one, the first one was for the same Paxson like company um, uh-huh. brand, and it was. It was actually like a different we never ended up releasing the song. It was just like a little, you know, 30-second ad with some right. sort of like choppy vocals and and really like distorted production. It was cool, but that's when people were like, is this an artist? Like who is this? And then we were like, oh, okay, like this is this could be something cool. And then Paxson asked, asked us to do another um advert and that's when America came about and that was only a 30 second a like verse chorus it wasn't even a song um and then it got used in that advert and then all the comments were like oh my god i need this song i need this song so we were like oh shit we need to make this a full like, song we have
0: to write the whole thing out now
1: <laughs> Yeah. So literally like six months later we're like we need to finish the second verse and add a bridge and um and then yeah we we finished it and that That was the start of the project. That's when we really properly started putting out music from that song.
0: Oh, interesting. Like what was it like when your brother came to you? I mean, you probably looked up to him growing up and then you're 18 and he's like, hey, I'm, you know, producing and writing music. I want you to help me. I want you to sing on my stuff. Was that a pretty cool moment for you?
1: Yeah, It was really intimidating. I think I was so, so scared that I, but I didn't really have a choice because it's like, your older brother is just like, no, you're coming, you're coming over (laughs) and you're going to do this for me. So, and, and I didn't want to like, let him down. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll come over. Like I wanted to be cool, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was so nervous, but I think, I think he just like made me feel comfortable enough that something came out of it. And then even just that small little, you know, 32nd advert kind of spurred me on to want to, or made me feel more comfortable sort of Uh, exploring the songwriting part of it rather than just the vocal side of it. Um, And yeah, it it was fun.
0: Did you write songs before that or was that kind of just the opening to, to pursue it?
1: We actually, um, when I was like 13, we wrote something together on the guitar. That's when he sort of first, um, tried to get me to, you know, explore songwriting. I think he knew I wanted to do it deep down, but I was obviously too nervous and scared and I didn't really know where to start with that. Um, So we wrote some little song on the guitar together um, at my grandparents' house, I remember. And uh, that was really fun. And then, you know, I was still so young. I think I was 13 or 14. And then the years went by, I was in high school, whatever. and then, yeah, I didn't write anything until that point. I, my mom always encouraged me to write lyrics. And so I had like a lyric book, but nothing that was like, I don't know, nothing good.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, it's, but your mom like, just, yeah, she just said like, you should write lyrics or you just wrote a lot. And it was like, oh, why don't you like lean into this? And, you know, I
1: think- My mom wanted me to be a songwriter because her brothers were songwriters and, you know, they were so successful in writing, you know, their own music, but even music for other people. Um, Yeah. And so my mom was always encouraging me to do that. Um, She was like, I think that would be like a really good career because you, you know, if you don't want to perform or anything, you don't even have to be like an artist or like a singer. You can do it behind the scenes and then you can kind of just, you know live a normal life rather than trying to become like a pop star or something. And so I was like, right. oh, okay, that, that would be really cool. Cause I'm into, you know, I love music so much and I love singing even, but I didn't know if I wanted to, try and be in like the spotlight.
0: Yeah, sure. Be the person that everyone's going to come up to and bug after instead of just being like, oh, here's a bunch of songs that I wrote for other people. And now I can chill and they can <laughs> do 100%. the legwork when it comes to that.
1: hundred <laughs> percent. And I was never like, um, like a, I, I never wanted to like perform for my family when I was a kid. Like my sister was so like that. And um, she was definitely more of like, the one who wanted to be an actress and like wanted to, she also wanted to be like a singer and, you know, she was way more, I don't know, theatrical and, mm. and, you know, not shy. And I was like so
0: extroverted. Happy.
1: Yes. Very extroverted. I, I was the opposite of that. So I didn't think that I even had it in me to like get up on stage and, and sing a song in front of people. But um yeah. One, once that happened with my brother and you know, it all moved so quickly. I know this sounds kind of like, weird that I didn't write music. And then all of a sudden, one day I did, but it kind of felt like that. It was just, we wrote some song and then everyone was like, you guys need to be in a band. And it just happened that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that happens, right? I mean, it wasn't that the talent wasn't there or anything. It just wasn't something you guys, or you personally were like striving for, it sounds like right away. And it was like, yeah. oh, well, like it's I always wanted this, but now it's, it's happening. So why not <laughs> you know I, jump yeah. on board?
1: I needed that kind of like kick in the butt to, to really make it happen. And I feel like it was just sort of fate that it happened that way. Um,
0: Well, you got validated pretty quickly with it.
1: Yeah, I I think I did. And, and I definitely, um, you know, I spent a lot of years after that point having to kind of like relearn, like I did it backwards. Like I got the, sort of opportunity at the very beginning when I knew nothing and then I was like oh should I actually need to learn how to you know sing in front of people perform even practice my songwriting learn how to properly record my vocals like professionally so mm-hmm. I did spend a lot of time in the background learning all those skills after <laughs> I already was in a band
0: right yeah I, was that scary for you to, i mean you had a song that did well, right. For, for this commercial. And then you put out another song for the, and then it does well. And you're like, okay, now we have to finish this. Not only do we have to finish the song, but now we're a band and we're going to have to, you know, perform to people and and kind of do the things that a band does. Was that something you were concerned about at all?
1: Yeah, definitely. But I, I had some really good people around me kind of guiding me through that. And, um, I did go to music school for a little bit during this process, like we oh, okay. released... <clears throat> so once we released America and it sort of took off and, and it was doing well during actually, sorry, I'm getting the timeline mixed up. I think it was we had written America fully, but it took a really long time for us to actually put it out. Like there was a lot of planning. We wanted to get a manager and we wanted to like do everything properly. Mm-hmm. have like visuals and pictures and sort of like really figure out what this project was before we actually put the song out but in that time span i think it was about like seven eight months i went to music school um that my grandfather was teaching at and i and i took the vocal um uh department i I what am i saying i was in the vocal department sure, <laughs> for yeah. vocal performance And I learned a lot. It was like eight to 10 hours a day, um, five, five days a week. So I learned a lot, um, over that eight months, but I didn't, it was only a year long, uh, program, Mm -hmm. but I didn't finish it because I got offered a record deal and it was just, it started becoming too much work for me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do the whole making music in the studio and like Performing and doing these little gigs with Zylo and also do this like eight hour a day.
0: Right. Well, of, it makes like, sense, <laughs> you know. Like, minute.
1: it's yeah. like if
0: you're going to Berkeley and then you get signed, you're like, well, I guess I can always just go back. <laughs> you know I,
1: what I mean? And I felt like people go to that school, no offense, but to to get signed, like, right in there in, in hopes to sort of like learn enough to get to that point. And I didn't feel like. By no means was I like, oh, I need to skip all this because I just got signed. I actually felt really like awkward. And I didn't want to tell anyone that I went to school with that I got signed because. Oh, really? It was just like, you know, it's a big. I didn't feel competitive at all. But, you know, those people, that's their dream as well. So I didn't want to make anyone feel sort of.
0: get all that jealousy and. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: want to brag or anything. But I was just sort of like, you know, a lot's going on now in my life. And I felt like. This was taking up too much stress and too much time and um, but it, it taught me so much it really, really did teach me a lot about performing and that that's the most important thing that I took from from that school is performing because I performed every day in front of the class. oh um, wow and then on the side, I went to um, open mics all the time to sort of really learn how to perform in front of like actual you know a crowd of people that didn't know me and wasn't in my class and mm-hmm. you know, in the class, everyone has to get up and perform. Um, so no one's really judging you in that way, but I did a lot of open mics and those were so nerve wracking. Like I just remember feeling sick to my stomach all day to just get up and go and play one song <laughs> at an open mic, but it, it helped so much. I recommend that to anyone who's learning how to perform Definitely go to an open mic. Yeah.
0: Did you just get up there and sing or did you play uh, the xylo songs or what were you doing um, at the open mic? Lee.
1: Lee who, yeah, I did xylo songs. So Lee who plays guitar in xylo, um, and he also wrote all the songs with us. Um, okay. He is like a, he did all the like lyrics and and melodies with us. Um, He played the guitar for me. So we just did it acoustic and, oh, me, and cool. him, me and him would go and um yeah, we would just perform like one or two xylo songs. And then after I sort of went through my open mic phase right before we played our first actual, you know, xylo show, like the show, first headline show, we did some secret shows in L.A. at like random little bars under the name Nilo. It was like, oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: And so there was like people that like would come that, you know, just sort of a built in audience of some random little like bar sort of mm-hmm. venue, um, in like Burbank or something. I can't remember, but yeah, we did that twice. That's
0: cool. I've heard of other bands doing that. Just like putting a different name up just to kind of test the waters and yes. get, get some, get some practice under your belt. That's awesome.
1: It was really fun. Me and my best friend were just reminiscing about it the other day. She was like, those were some of the best nights of my life. <laughs> my secret shows because yeah. you get all your friends to come and like your parents just to sit and watch you like play all your songs before anyone super important was coming to watch you so
0: right right wow That's and fun. did you have at this point i mean you you put the record out you guys we got a, a deal and were you on the road right away did the the did you have to go support the the ep that you put out or no
1: yeah so I can't really remember like exactly what shows we played right when we got signed. I think we did, we did some headline like one-off stuff. Okay. um, Which was good. And then we did, I think we did like South by and all that stuff. Um, And then we did a support tour, like a a long one that was like 40 days. Oh, okay. Um, But I didn't go on my first headline tour until uh, recently. Like, 20. Well, it was right before the pandemic. So it was
0: 2019.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So wow. That was like my first like proper headline sort of. gig. Long, long run. Um, and then, yeah. And then I'm going on another one later in the year.
0: Yeah. To support the, the new record. That's so awesome. Yeah. Cause the video or the interview I, I shortly, or I watched of you with you're with your brother and it was at uh, the Aaron Style Festival. You played with the Sean White's thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really and they had clips of you guys performing and I was like like it's what's crazy to me to hear is you tell the story and say that you you know you were first of all you were shy and second that you hadn't had really a lot of you know experience as far as playing in front of people because you watched your energy on that set and I'm like like it, it's like you it's so natural and like you had been doing it forever.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I know. It, it it must just be some alter ego that comes out when I come <laughs> on stage because I feel like I am a Leo, so it's not that surprising that I'm confident on stage, but yeah, I feel like I'm not that confident in, in real life, but maybe it's, it's something to do with nerves as well. Like when you're nervous, I feel like you just have no choice, but to be as confident as you You can go
0: into it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Exude so much energy that people don't notice that you're actually really nervous. So Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so like when I know your brother ended up leaving the group to pursue other things, was that something when, when he left and you you obviously wanted to keep doing what you're doing with, with Zylo, was that a was that something you were at all concerned about or really like, okay, like, you know, we, we did our thing and now I'll just help write the songs by myself. Like,
1: yeah, what, I mean, it was dif- definitely difficult for, you know, at the start of it to sort mm-hmm. of for us to, you know, both of us deal with that this was splitting up and this was something that was started together and stuff like that. But ultimately I felt confident in, you know, who I was as an artist and, and I really wanted to continue performing and touring was like a big thing, um, that I wanted to keep doing and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a hard question because it's like, yeah, it was it was hard at the beginning, but I think ultimately it was the best decision for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um and he wanted to sort of remain a producer and and do things more behind the scenes. Um and and make music with other people and stuff like that. So, I think it was ultimately a better decision. And and now it's you know, it's been so many years since that happened. I think right. 2017 that mm-hmm. um yeah, the dust is settled. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I didn't mean like uh yeah. like it was awkward between the two of you, but just like having that, you know, that's how the initial like spark when the two of you wrote the songs that ended up kind of picking up and then it was like, okay, now we're separated now you know are what is it, the songs gonna change or is it gonna change at all with the the new yeah. like lineup, so to speak, I guess was my question.
1: Well the, the I think the reason why maybe it didn't seem so um shocking or jarring making that decision is because when n- not any shade to being signed to a major label, but when we got signed and then, you know, the years went by being signed to Sony, I think that sort of authenticity and, and rawness between just, just us making the music kind of got lost. And I, nice. I don't really think it was the two of us making music anymore in, mm-hmm. in his, little studio, um, in the suburbs, it turned into something that was sort of other. we were being sort of not forced, but, um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It probably just came with more commercial, like corporate and yes. like people kind of more jumping in there and being like, well, you should probably do more opinions, maybe
1: way more opinion. <laughs> and a lot of, um, songs written for us being sort of, Pushed in our direction and and not necessarily being forced, but sort of like you need to take songs from other people um, in order for you to get to that next level of stardom.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: And sort of the songs that we were showing them that we were writing together were just not really even considered um, anymore. So it, it was difficult because. I don't want to blame anything because life just happens. And it was, it's very complicated and there's so many different, um, you know, reasons why things don't end up working out between a partnership, but Mm -hmm. I'd say musically, like, yeah, it, it got confused for a bit. And me and my fans always sort of laugh about it and talk about it sometimes how there was my major label era where, where the music didn't really sound like the music that, I was making at the beginning or even the music that I'm making now, which, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to go back to my roots a little bit, but still doing my own thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So now it's, I mean, I'm sure it was probably pretty freeing to be like, okay, now I get to do and write songs that I want to release and do what I want to do without having, you know, a million people tell me that (laughs) we need to do this or this song isn't going to work or we need to do it this way. Yeah
1: my god yeah it's like night and day a huge weight lifted off my shoulders after that point um i think i really really started to appreciate being an artist and also appreciating what independent artists do so much more when i was able to make my own decisions but that's when i really feel like i truly enjoyed being an artist and making music was Mm -hmm. sort of when i got dropped honestly and and i'm really grateful for all the opportunities that i had um being signed. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of things would have happened without them, but I think when it, it just talking about the music side of it mm-hmm. and making those decisions. um, Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting how things change.
0: Sure. And I mean, to, it's not like it, it stopped people from listening to your music at all. You know what I mean? Like you no. sit, get your numbers. It's like, pfft, like through the roof. So <laughs> it's like, no,
1: I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes I'm like, to some of the fans that have been, you know, with me since day one, I'm like, wow, why are you still here? Like, that's so sweet that you, you know, you, you liked my music through all, all the different eras. Um, but yeah, I'm really grateful for that.
0: But Uh, it's also like a a test to like, what were they, you know, maybe the label should have listened to you guys up (laughs) front. You know what I mean?
1: I know, but that's just like, the thing is I can't even be mad because it's like, They just care about making money. Right. And And it was the
0: best thing for you in the long run.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It was a learning experience that I actually I liked because I'm like, it was kind of a I told you so type of experience where they were like, do this. I was like, no, this is not good. I don't I don't like these songs. Mm -hmm. Please don't make me put them out, please. And then, you know, I had to and they didn't go. As well as any of the songs that we just wrote on our own, right? I'm like, there you go. Like, <laughs> just because some some big writer or producer wrote this song doesn't make it like a hit for me. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't mm-hmm. really work that way. Like, maybe it did back in the day when you can kind of orchestrate something like that. But
0: I, I think yeah. people, yeah, definitely resonate with more authenticity now than, especially than ever, with. Yeah. You can see anyone on like TikTok or whatever. It's like those, the people that are doing not what everyone else is doing are the ones that are getting the, you know, success there and even in music.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's totally validating because my most successful songs were written just at home. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, for (laughs) sure. In my
1: shitty little apartment. Not, not this apartment. I like this apartment. (laughs) My other apartment. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. So, uh,
0: so cool. Um, I'm curious. You said that you were on a headlining tour right before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hits. Uh, and is that when you start working on this, this album that's coming out or t- tell me like time on the like where you're at?
1: Well, I, I didn't write the, start writing the album until the beginning of 2021. Uh, okay. Um, so 2020 I sort of, well, the beginning of 2020, I actually still went on a tour, a support tour at the beginning of it and like literally right when the pandemic hit, I was like, had just gotten home from the tour.
0: Oh, so you um, weren't on the road yet or still you had just made it back home.
1: Yeah. And then oh actually I had like one festival to do after that. And that was, I think literally the day before everything shut down. Um, So I did sort of that at the beginning of the year. And then I wrote how many EP, I think I did an EP during 2020
0: yeah it looks like you put out the two eps i think during 2020 oh, right
1: did I? <laughs> uh, I yeah
0: remember. the gang lines of my heart and outsiders oh, club
1: yeah the gang lens was like but that was written in like, oh
0: that was before the pandemic too yeah, came, i think right that on. came out so yeah
1: but then yeah i put out another ep and then i think i just like chilled 2020 i don't know i was just kind of like figuring out what i wanted to do next i think i knew that i wanted to write the album but I wanted to like plan that one out and and spend a lot of time sort of figuring out what that was going to sound like and look like and stuff. Um, and then 2021 was like the beginning of in January. That's when I really started writing it. I wrote the first song in Lake Arrowhead in like a cabin. Oh, wow. Um, and then, yeah, it sort of just that sort of dictated the sound and the rest is history. <laughs> when
0: did you did you go to Lake Arrowhead just specifically to write? Yeah. Okay.
1: It's me and Lee who produced it, and well, Lee writes everything with me, but he produced this album, and we we got a cabin in Lake Arrowhead, which was actually really scary. I'm I'm afraid of everything, like. <laughs> Oh, God, I cannot sleep when I'm in the middle of nowhere. I was like convinced I was going to get murdered. Um, <laughs> so it was like, it sounds fun in hindsight, like going like, oh, we're going to get a remote cabin and write some songs. Really, the whole time, I was just so scared that we were going to get murdered, um, but we did get two songs out of it. So, OK,
0: have you put out either of those yet? Because you um, put no. what, three, three songs in the record so far or is it four?
1: Yeah, only three songs three. so far. Because um, Aliens oh, isn't no,
0: no, Is Aliens gonna be on the record? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So
1: I forget. Yeah, there's four singles out. Um the one that we wrote at the cabin is the album title track on American Beauty. Oh, okay. Um so yeah, that's coming out with the album next week.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah.
1: That's so
0: exciting. So and then yeah, Red Hot Winter is the most recent then single that you put out. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I love, I mean, I love all the songs that you put out so far. I think Sugar Free Rush is such a creative title and like the lyrics are um, uh, rad and uh, same with Sweetheart. I think that's such a cool song. Thank you. And then there's one, what's the song? Is it one of those two where there's like a message, like in the, like somebody's leaving you a message in the middle of the song? I think uh, it's somebody leaving you a message or maybe you're leaving somebody a message. It's like a, <laughs> there's like a cell phone, there's like a, a voicemail or something comes in.
1: That's in yes and no. There's oh, it is time. in
0: yes and no. Okay, maybe I'm getting confused because I was listening no, no, to a no, bunch of not. your records.
1: <laughs> well, also in in sugar free rush, there's a couple samples in there as well of people. So, oh, I maybe get,
0: that's where I was getting that there's from.
1: This, there's this this meme um, of I don't know if you know who Trish Paytas is.
0: <laughs> she's uh-uh.
1: like a YouTuber, but there's this little meme, the one where she's like in in sugar free rush, where it's like, huh, what? Oh, okay.
0: Oh, maybe that's what I was hearing It's
1: really silly. Um, I don't know why we put it in that. We're just feeling silly at the time. We're just throwing in a bunch of samples right (laughs) and left (laughs) and that one worked and it fit with the timing. And so we were like, Oh my God, we have to keep this.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Were there any other moments like that on the record?
1: Yeah. um, What else is there? I just had to make like a list of all the samples the other day. There's another one in sugar-free rush actually. from pulp fiction um oh, okay there's like a little bit of Mia Wallace um the main character mm-hmm. in there and then um there's something else in like from like an old video game um I don't even know what the video game is um but Lee had to put it in there and that's in one of the songs called one bedroom apartment and then there's a lot of samples cool yeah
0: that's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to, to sugar-free rush to hear the uh, Pulp Fiction piece now. Cause I, I, I didn't even know. I mean, I was just listening to all your records and then it didn't click, click to my click in my head that it was that that's funny.
1: Yeah, It's hard to pick some of them out. Cause sometimes I'm actually speaking in them. Like there's just bits of me like talking while I'm recording, like talking to my dog that we kept in there, you know, so oh. it's, it's difficult to kind of like decipher which one's a sample, and which one isn't. Um, but yeah, the one on the voicemail on yes and no, you're probably thinking of that one as well, because that's like the whole bridge. And that's my grandma.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that. Yeah, that's what it is, too. And, OK.
1: And everyone thinks it says, um, hi, Paige, this is Chris. But her name is Grizz. We call her Grizz. Uh, like the Grizzly Grams from the Bernstein Bears. I don't know why. Oh, wow. Grizz, I love but, the
0: Bernstein Bears growing up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> We all call her Grizz, G-R-I-Z-Z. Um, so that's what she's saying in the song. And everyone always gets it wrong. Like when people are writing out the lyrics on Twitter or stuff, it always says Chris. <laughs> I'm like, it's not Chris. It's my it's Grizz.
0: grizz. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, do you feel like, you know, having the, the all that time from the pandemic and, um, you know, going then going to the cabin and Arrowhead, like, do, did that have any effect? like effect on the record or would it have changed the record at all? If you would have went from, you know, 2019 finishing up those tours to then going into an album.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. I think, you know, the pandemic was awful, but mm-hmm. um, not, but it's just having time to really sort of step away from everything and not really have anything to do besides figure out who you are and like what you want that, that sort of like, resting period I think was really good Um, because I've mentioned this before but I feel like some of my EPs even my independent ones there's a lot of songs on there that I absolutely love but I think like just you know the f- sort of b-sides on them or you know EP tracks I felt like I was just trying to like fill the space to get an EP out um because I needed to like survive and make money and mm-hmm. you know put content out all the time um, and I didn't really get to take a lot of time to figure out like a concept or you know specific visuals and stuff like that and really what I wanted to say um, but for this album I really felt like I had a lot of time to do that I mean I, I spent a year doing it so um, yeah I'm really grateful that I had that time and mm-hmm. I'm most proud of this than anything I've done so I'm excited.
0: That's amazing. And congratulations. I mean, it's your first like full record. And you said you're I doing a tour to support it.
1: Yeah. In October. I haven't announced it yet, but I will soon.
0: Okay. Can I ask if you're playing Nashville?
1: I'm not playing
0: Nashville.
1: It's uh... <laughs> just like a, we'll see how this goes. Cause it's just like 10 shows um, to support the album at the beginning. But I'm obviously hoping that there will be more um hopefully at the end of the year or even at the beginning of next year you know
0: yeah yeah for sure i was just curious um yeah cuz i moved from san diego to nashville within like a year a little over a year ago my family and i moved here so
1: oh, cool do yeah, you like it
0: I, I we love it here absolutely love it here
1: i've never spent any proper time in nashville so i need to come there and i hear it's amazing everyone i feel like everyone's moving to nashville
0: yeah, th- I didn't know this. Uh, I didn't know that until I moved here. And then like the local people that I meet, they're like, oh, you're like the 10 millionth person I've talked to that's moving here from California. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know a lot of people that have moved there. Um, it, I mean, there's a great music scene, obviously, over there. And I feel like a lot of songwriters go over there recently as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not I moved here and I'm not a huge country fan, but I moved here thinking it was just going to be like a country town. Um, no, but it really. It's yeah. not, not at all. There's so like every genre of music is being created here. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats.
0: Yeah. We live in the, in the burbs South of Nashville, but it's close to get there. And the pace of life is so much different and slower. It's just yeah. coming from California, only living in California, my entire life. It was, it was a little bit of a culture shock, but uh, yeah, I love
1: sure. it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this today, Paige. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I have one quick question before I let you go. Yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring artists?
1: Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say, I'd say the big one for me at the moment is sort of um, trust the whole process of being an artist and, like I said, it's been eight years since I started, and now I'm just finally putting out my debut album. Um, so just never give up on anything. And if you if you really believe in yourself and you keep going, I think it can happen for anyone. Bring it backwards.